Okay, you're good, you're good. Uh, uh. Yeah, that's it. Just keep, just keep running. Yeah! That's right! Drop again. Drop again. Pop it. Uh, drop again. Pop it. Uh, drop again. Pop it. Uh. Yeah! You are wrestling! You are now wrestling with your friends. We're your friends. And this is Wrestling with Friends. The podcast is our chance to catch up, discuss the events in the ring that we love, the business behind it, celebrate the fun memories of watching and attending events with your buddies. Um, while we all know like everything about wrestling, this is a party and we are partying. You may have just heard Sean take a gigantic bong rip, um, but but we're here to have fun. We're your friends. I'm Dave here with Sean and Ethan. I'm coming at you from Long Beach, Long Island, New York. Sean is is in Los Angeles, California. How are you doing this week, Sean? I'm good. I'm I'm having a good time. I've been uh I've been getting very excited to have a very very small basically two-person Thanksgiving with uh my girlfriend and mostly just an excuse to eat an excessive amount of pie more so than I would normally eat pie. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, we're we'll be having a four-person uh, sad COVID, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving very COVID. as well. <laughs> yeah, very COVID Thanksgiving. It's great. It's the it's ongoing great. theme of the show. Yeah, and with us here is our vagabond friend, Ethan Wall. Ethan's been traveling the world to the best of his abilities in these strange times. Um, Ethan, where are we talking to you from this week? What's up, guys? I'm still in Mexico, but now in the town of Puerto Vallarta. Uh, technically, I'm right over the border in the state of Nayarit. Uh, and here in Mexico, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So enjoy that pie. All right. Well, in honor of you missing Thanksgiving because you're in Mexico, I'm having tequila tonight. That makes sense. You're still from this country, though, right? Like you could still celebrate Thanksgiving if you wanted to. It's I, not like you, you said we don't celebrate it as in like – are you now Mexican? Do you only celebrate Mexican holidays? Is that I your am. thing now, Ethan? I am. I celebrated El Dia de los Muertos. Look, the Dia de los okay. Muertos. This is an unpopular opinion, but it's oh, wait, true. By the way. And I'm going on the record and I'm saying it. Thanksgiving is a shitty holiday. And I don't necessarily mean that from like pilgrims and Indians and that type of stuff, even though it is. Look, turkey, we call them cranberry sauce, yeah. mashed potatoes. Like that shit sucks. Okay. Like, I'm not grateful for any of that food. So I'm grateful for you guys. I'm especially grateful for our guest tonight, but but you guys can have Thanksgiving, all right? I'm, I have Cinco de Mayo. The irony of this opinion is, is it's the exact opposite of what it should be, which is like the bad part of Thanksgiving is that the whole holiday is a sham and a lie and built on like bullshit. Genocide. But like- the food part is delicious. I, I, I was just going to say, is feeling thankful like that is the thing that you're shitting on? Like, are you not just – are you feeling thankful about anything on yeah. Thursday? Yeah, maybe? I'm thankful that uh, Thanksgiving only comes once a year. Um, look, I can have gratitude. I don't need to have a holiday where we murdered a bunch of Native Americans and then celebrated like we're great. Also, cranberry sauce is stupid. I don't eat cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is not a big of a factor in your Thanksgiving if you don't want it to be. But I get it. I get it. I did not know in all these years of our friendship that you are not a Thanksgiving fan. I've never known anybody not be a Thanksgiving fan. But awesome. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what this podcast is all about. Learning that your friends maybe hate Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, if you're listening at home, 
if you're sitting at home, turn around, ask your closest friend, hey, how do you feel about Thanksgiving? Do you hate it like Ethan Wall from the wrestling podcast that I listen to? Do you want to listen to it with me? Could you go leave them a review and subscribe and like them on iTunes? That would be great. Sorry, I mean Apple Podcasts, their preferred name for the platform. Ethan, do you hate Thanksgiving because of the gobbledygooker? No. You know what? I've always – all right, here's the deal. I've always wanted to have Thanksgiving – but but with foods I'm actually grateful for. So I wanted to have like a Mexican Thanksgiving where you have tacos, quesadilla, nachos, whatever. You have an Italian Thanksgiving where you've got like Olive Garden, breadsticks, all the really good stuff that comes from Italy. So <laughs> – Oh my god. <laughs> Olive Garden. Italian and Olive Garden Christ. same sentence. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Dave, I, int- Dave, I, Dave, I, Dave, introduce our guest. Get us out of this podcast that knows Italian. It's me because I worked at Pizza Time and Romano's Macaroni Grill. So case closed. My last name is Deepa Squally. It's <laughs> irrelevant. I'm the most Italian. <laughs> I was gonna, I, when when you started saying this, Ethan, I was going to encourage you and say, "There's no, you can do that on Thanksgiving. That's wonderful." But once you brought Olive Garden into it, I was like, "This must this must be stopped. This is nonsense. This is a nightmare. <laughs> this is a we nightmare. lost so many, we lost so many subscribers. This is a nightmare." <laughs> and and the gobbledygooker though, here's here's just to make it relevant, and this is what's going to save us. The gobbledygooker. <laughs> This t- on Survivor Series this past Sunday night became a WWE champion. He won his first title. It I don't I don't want to assume gender about that for the giant turkey, but um, um, it won the twenty four seven title last night, and then it was swift, it was swiftly defeated. Uh, <laughs> but but still, gotta- that that means that we can now officially say that Gobbledygooker is a title holder. He's in the title holder Hall of Fame now. It's a championship gold, baby. Championship That's gold. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. And, and, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight from the Survivor Series. Um, so say- we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Glad. <laughs> Uh, saying saying goodbye to the Undertaker again and uh, getting used to Mark Calloway to WWE mm. revealing their end game regarding their talent and cameo. Uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about uh, the Zelina Vega exit from WWE, which was abrupt, and uh, the 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 reunion rumblings in the WWE and wrestling have never been louder um, than now. So we're going to talk about that and. We're excited because to talk about all these topics, we have a friend, a buddy here. Um, this is an old friend of Sean and I's. He's a filmmaker. He's a comics writer. Plus, he works at the Radis Comic Store in all of Florida. Um, taints. Yeah, Taints. Taints. Um, it's Alex. And I'm going to say your last name, but I have a follow-up question immediately. Test on or is it testing? It's testing. Hey, Alex Testin! Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick, quick note. Yep. I don't work at Tate's anymore. Fuck Tate's! Fuck Tate's! Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. Was it COVID layoff? No, it was uh, December 31st of last year. 
Yeah, Taze isn't that good of a comic store. Why does it have to be so big in there? <laughs> but thank you for the introduction. I'm glad to hear that you're, uh, you know, you've moved on to better things, and that I've been wrong about your last name for the last 18 years. I thought it was like uh, Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. I know you from the comics world, but I would love to get to know you more as a wrestling fan. First of all, where are we talking to you from tonight? Where are you? I'm in Deerfield Beach, Florida. You know, the blue part of the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Broward County. <laughs> yeah. Home well, sweet home. <laughs> and if you're watching the video, the ultimate flex of Florida. Oh. The Flanagan's Cup. Oh, yeah, the Flanagan's Cup. The Flanagan's <laughs> Cup is, you know, the older I get, the more I look like, the more I look like the guy in the Flanagan's Cup. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> So, so Alex, who are your who are your favorites? Did you have you been into this since you were like a kid? Or who are your favorites back in the day? Yeah, my dad grew up in like Southern Georgia, like literally like on a farm, and it's almost like that old story, like where he watched wrestling on like a black and white TV. So like he knew all the Mid South stuff, and growing up, he was watching. I would watch wrestling with him. And it's funny because it seems like a theme on here, but like I was so enthralled with The Undertaker when I was a kid. Like, I don't know what it oh, was, yeah. but like yeah. I remember crying when The Undertaker died and then he had come back and <laughs> they had the fake the fake Undertaker and that all that all that other stuff. I remember all that watching that with my dad. And then of course cut to uh the Attitude Era. Watch that, like we would get the pay per views like you guys would, and have friends over and just end up wrestling in the front yard like idiots. And then, some, <laughs> like after the Attitude Era, I stopped watching for a bit. And then I had seen the pipe bomb from CM Punk, and that like brought me back in, and I've been watching ever since. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It, it's funny because there is that cyclical, um, I think, aspect of being a wrestling fan where, like, you go through your phases where it comes in and out of your life. Like, I was really into it, you know, when I was in the Hogan era as a youngster in the 80s. And then kind of got out of it sometime in the 90s, sometime around, like, you know, I was 13-ish. Um, got back into it really in high school during the attitude era, similar to what, you know, similar, similar to you that kind of got right. out of it. Always sort of had an interest in it for a little while, kept, kept into it a little bit and caught, happened to catch the pipe bomb on an episode of raw and was like, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. I mean, like I marked out, like it was crazy, but it's funny. Like in between that stuff, uh, a friend of mine, he, he had, He's the only person I've ever known that has never stopped wrestling or watching wrestling. His name's Dan, and he had bought tickets to a house show at uh, American Airlines Arena. And the buddy that was supposed to go couldn't go, so I ended up going with him. And I got to see uh, Undertaker in person. I got to see Chris Jericho. I got to see Batista versus uh, Rey Mysterio. And I was like, man, I kind of want to get back into this. And I did a little bit, but like not as much as I am now. I'm like full on. And like I, I watch, I even watch like, you know, listen to wrestling podcasts all the time besides this one, but one's from wrestlers. So 
Yeah, yeah, like uh, something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard's one, and all those guys. Yeah, and Jr.'s podcast I really, really love because Jr.'s give a fuck is broken, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. You mean the the not as good podcasts as this one? Because I think what you guys meant to say. <laughs> exactly. I, I think Jr. Jr.'s Jr.'s a little maybe it's a little too broken. Like I get uncomfortable when Jr. starts talking about getting erections. Like I. Never well, needed to hear too. that. Like it's, but that's the world we live in now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, good for him. You know, good for him and his dick. Yeah, I, it's terrifying. These like fifty-year-old, sixty-year-old men just w- walking around, chomping the image of them just chomping on blue things with just dicks, just <laughs> hard. I don't know. That's what I think of when I listen to. <laughs> and that's a note from our new sponsor, Blue Chew. <laughs> don't wait to get your boner. Just chew this blue shit like a monster. Well, yeah, so I talked about Survivor Series a little bit. I had a lot of fun with watching it. Um, as always, the internet, I think, seemed to hate it. My favorite thing about it was was – Lana winning and becoming the sole survivor of the women's uh, Survivor Series match of Raw versus SmackDown because the marks hated it. I mean, the internet just hated it. Um, And it's fascinating to me because this has been the flow of internet opinion on Lana lately. It went from claiming that Lana was being so mistreated by the WWE because her her husband was fired from the company so they were taking that out on her for some reason or something. Um, and she was being <laughs> punished for this by a streak of being put through the announce table like six weeks in a row on Raw. Like they were torturing her and really physically punishing her with, with this as if the table isn't gimmicked and they aren't specifically trained to do this. You're reacting You're you're <laughs> reacting to the marks marking out. And it's yeah, like, yeah, the, the marks are marking out. Like I turned the mirror back on the mirror. I mean, I, but, 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 but I guess what I'm saying is it's like, shouldn't the marks mark out? Like that's like, that's the purest, that to me is the purest enjoyment and like the purest enjoyment of wrestling is to be able to just completely mark out. Like, like we talk a lot on this show about when it switched and like when that like changed for us, but also we talk very fondly about how magical those days were. And so I feel like, yeah, man, there's like people out there and like, they're like, they're still barking out and it's like good for fucking them that they're like, Oh my God, they're torturing this poor woman by throwing her through a table, which is clearly what her job description is. (laughs) Like it's like they're telling a story or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, it's it's like stories have stakes. (laughs) No, look, I mean, that is, that is a wonderfully half full way to look at last half full way to look at this and that, that I didn't, and I'm, you know, I like that. Look, everyone gets to enjoy the show how they want to enjoy it. Sure. I, I think, I think it's great that <clears throat> we've definitely seen over the last like five years, I would say like a visible and significant push from WWE to build up their female wrestlers and their stable of of women's wrestlers, and give them women's revolution, baby, and give them more to do than just be I like arm candy or eye candy or have the same 100%. like we strip down match. Like they they they've really like they give them storylines and and to 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 WWE's credit, as Everything. Dave is putting out, 
engaging enough storylines that they're even smarking they're they're even marketing the smarks so to speak because even exactly. even the, the the person who considers themselves the smarkiest of smark is like oh the scandal with lana and it's like get the fuck out of here like <laughs> she's still employed with them and making money so she it's is. just like they're not paying her bills they Wait, made her, she, they've only upped her profile Russian? and made her more central. No, she's no she's longer no, Russian. She's no longer Russian. Is she, is she married to Bobby Lashley? No, that she is no longer married to Bobby Lashley as well. Oh, I believe so. they, they got that annulled. Okay. And so what is she doing so now? She, yeah. she was just the sole survivor of the women's survivor, traditional survivor series elimination match. What's and her, what's her bit great though? What's her gimmick? Well, the storyline, the way they built the storyline up was is that they kept on throwing her through the fucking tables. And, uh, you know, it was like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who are very intimidating, badass uh, people. And um, basically they were like, you know, she was like, I want to be on the team. And they were like, you better not come anywhere near the team. And then they had like an elimination battle royal that she luckily like won at the last second. She got on the team. They continued throwing her through the table. They said, you better not tag yourself in um, during this match. If you tag yourself in, we're going to like kill you. And it comes down to it. Uh, Bianca Belair had a star making performance where she was the remaining person on the blue team on the SmackDown team. And she really, I think got to demonstrate exactly what she could do before Lana got the bullshit win and was the sole survivor. Yeah. So, so good. So good. I was like, yeah, but of course, like, obviously this is exactly what they were building. Of course, Lana's the sole survivor. So it was fun to me. It was fun to me. I have a question because I saw you post about being part of Thunderdome and I have a million questions about the Thunderdome experience and what exactly that means and what happened. So please tell me how this happened and what what does it do exactly? Listen, what happens in the Thunderdome stays oh. in the Thunderdome. Oh, piece Jesus of shit. Christ. We could have brought people a goddamn exclusive, Dave, and now you're going to give me this, what happens in the Thunderdome stays in the Thunderdome shit. It's the Thunderdome. Once you go in the Thunderdome, you come out, you're different. You're changed. This is why no one listens to this podcast, Dave. <laughs> Dave this is why know? we can't get listeners. Didn't you get kicked out of the Thunderdome? Okay, so here's what happened. You uh, <laughs> did get kicked out of the Thunderdome. Just answer the question and then tell us your excuse for the Thunderdome. Yeah. What happens in the Thunderdome is you got your ass kicked out of the Thunderdome. So, so Dave, how did you get kicked out of the Thunderdome as we've now clearly established? I didn't say that I stayed in the Thunderdome, to be clear. I'm not, I don't live in the Thunderdome anymore. All I said was that I was in the Thunderdome, and that is true. Um, so, yeah, I get, you know, I often get these, these emails, like, register now for your place in the Thunderdome. And sometimes, you know, I, you get them and it's 20 minutes has passed by and you don't get a spot. It's all full. I had to check my email and I, I, it was like five minutes early. I, earlier it was sent. I registered. I got my spot. They say, check in at nine. You have your a nine o'clock call time. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, um, and you know, you, you search some Reddit things and they, they explain it more than the WWE does, but you should try to like basically have it ready to go at, at nine o'clock at your shift because they're cycling people in and out. And if you're ready to go right there, then you get lucky, you get in the Thunderdome. So there's been times where before I had the link, but it was full. 
um, watching Survivor Series, I got in. And my time was during the um, best of the best between the main title holders match between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, the universal champion and the WWE world champion. Um, so I got in for the main event, baby. And I, you know, was looking between that and the TV, looking for myself the entire time. It, in your headphones, you get the commentary. You get Michael Cole and Samoa Joe, everybody talking. And then once in a while, you just get some other voice that's just saying, clap more. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, boo him. Boo him. And I'm like folding laundry. I'm like, who the fuck is saying that now? Like, <laughs> and that's weird. And I didn't, I'm not trying to be one of those guys, but like, I didn't feel like booing Roman Very Reigns. True. Roman Reigns is being awesome now. I was like, this is awesome. Um, they tell you you're not supposed to leave. Like you're not supposed to, you know, have an empty screen. But while I was watching it, I saw a lot of empty screens and you know, this is my first time at a wrestling event in six months, seven months, eight months. I needed to, I needed to go downstairs and get a drink. So I ran downstairs <laughs> as fast as I could, got a drink, got back, and it said my time in the Thunderdome was now over. <laughs> so then I continued just watching it on TV. You literally had one job was to just sit there. You're like Americans that can't follow COVID protocols. All you have to do is stay at home. That's it. Like, it's cool. You don't I mean, do anything else. Wait a minute. This this is coming from our, quote, <laughs> vagabond friend who's been traveling all over the country and now Mexico since the beginning of coronavirus. Yeah. Is lecturing Dave on, yeah. on not – oh, my. Yeah. I didn't, hey, I didn't get kicked out of the fight. Dome. I did not get kicked out of the Thunderdome. Okay, I have so. a question though. Dave, when you're in the Thunderdome yeah. and you're hearing the announcer's voices, what are you seeing on the laptop? Are you seeing the match just like you're seeing it on TV or or is it a better view? So it seemed to me, and I'm not 100% sure on it because I was kind of at different places or it was just there was not – but it seemed to me that – not necessarily better camera angles, but different camera angles. And I don't know if it was supposed to be in relation to where my seat was or whatever, but there was a time where like the out of the ring action, I was seeing it right in front of me and it was not, did not appear that way on the broadcast. So that, cool. interesting. that was the That's thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, so I basically uh, stayed there and just tried to like emote, <laughs> emote. So they would show my face. I was like, so yeah for all of our listeners i just made a bunch of crazy faces uh alex what were you what were you uh thinking you've done it for the other show i tried it for one of the other shows and that was like the night before halloween i couldn't get in it was like the night before halloween i dressed up i was full-on um macho man sap ready savage uh in a costume standing in my kitchen by myself not in the thunderdome but yeah no sorry yeah the whole thing's so bizarre to me that like i get not wanting to have fans, but they also have fans at NXT, which completely is if when you watch that, it looks like they just have fans in cages on the side and they're probably just breeding COVID into the entire arena. But uh, the whole like Thunderdome thing is it's it's cool. And I, I, I do think it's cool, but it's 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 also bizarre because you definitely tell like they're piping in like uh, people like, yeah, like a cheering or booing or whatever. It feels yeah, very artificial. I'm with Alex. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with I'm with Alex. I I felt like uh, my first vibe of it was that it was just like um, so bizarre and disconnected, and it's just like these weird faces, and like some of them are watching and some of them aren't, and none of them have like the right eye line for what's happening in the ring because clearly they're not watching the ring. Yeah, and then like yeah, they're piping in this bizarre like. And it's just like it's the most fakest, and and it's like and a bunch. Is, I'd rather not have it, right? Or just I think have, it was better when it was just like silence. Have like what AEW has like, been you know, doing, and just have some is. people like that work for the company on the side it, of the it, ring. It looks like let them do the cheering and let them do the the booing. Honestly, if I'm not mistaken, though, I believe that the only people that are in the performance center audience are WWE employees. I don't think that they have actually have an audience, which. AEW does. They have, they have their performers around the ring, but then they. I know, but I I've seen little kids. That was just Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so he was Dave, just running also, around. Isn't it Dominic Guerrero? Talk about that. Have you guys <laughs> ever talked about that? By the way, like the the fact that Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero like fought over, had a match over the custody, the custody of a child. That was a storyline. That's, that's like that's, still like as a kid, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, as a kid, I was like, this is way more. I was like, this is way more fun than my parents' divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least you get to go to our live wrestling show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, Dave, they also said that last night was The Undertaker's last, last, last night, right? Last, lastest, <laughs> the lastest ride. The lastest, finalist ride of The Undertaker happened last night, where last once last. again, yeah, yeah, once again, he made it very, very clear that he is done forever and he will never be back unless. He comes back to say goodbye again because that doesn't count. That's just part of the goodbye. Or he has like two more matches because Vince needs them. Was also or or maybe he'll come back for a couple more matches, but um, and then have another goodbye. But I did see the I watched. This was the only part of wrestling that I watched. By the way, it was just this, and uh, I was very happy to see Paul Bearer hologram. The Paul which, Bearer hologram. That was amazing. That happened? Oh, my God. Dude. Okay, Dave, set it up. I need to watch explain, that. Explain how we get there because <laughs> – The whole thing to me, people liked it, and I'm like the opposite. I like Lana being the sole survivor, but I was like, I'm critical of The Undertaker's goodbye because to me, it was weird. Like, they make this big deal about it. They, they do it after the main event. Um, they set it up where it's just like, Hall of Famer and legend after legend having their music played, doing their big entrances. And it's like 10 guys and the Godwins um, because they're like very good friends with the Undertaker IRL BSK Bone Street crew. That's what they called themselves. But uh, so it was great. You see one by one, they do all their intros. They come in the ring. They stand in the semicircle. They're all dressed like old men who are retired. And then Kane enters and Kane, the mayor of Knoxville, comes in, <laughs> and he's in full gear. He's in full goddamn Kane gear, <laughs> which was great. 
<laughs> because all the other old legends in the ring, like when they came in, they hugged each other or whatever. Kane comes in and they all keep, they like, they kept kayfabe. They were like bugged out by Kane, even though he's a politician. Um, so all that happens, which is really just at this point, just people walking and talking, looking at each other, uh, walking to music and then looking at each other. And then Vince McMahon comes out, but I don't even know if they played his music. Like no, they didn't. Man, he was just there. <laughs> he just popped, like like it, it, they cut to some reaction stuff, and then they cut back, and Vince is there, like in the ring with them, and he gives he gives this long ass speech. He does he a whole. Came of, he came out of the hell portal underneath the ring. That, yeah, exactly. Usually comes from exactly. Yeah, and he gives a speech, a very McManny speech. I felt very he was very. Very McManny. He was a good employee. He never took off of work. He let me ruin his body. And he stayed with me for less pay than his coworkers did. (laughs) And then then the camera pans over to Taker and he's like, No, no, no. (laughs) And then then that's it, right? That's it. All of those legends in the semicircle. They never say anything. They never do anything. They never like hold hands and do a big curtsy yeah. together, maybe or anything. Um, they they just are never referred to again. Undertaker yeah. does his big ass slow ass Undertaker intro, which is great. You know that's you yeah. know no one has walked slower and better to a ring, and he gets <laughs> out there and he gives a speech that like is just like. Uh, talk like this and <laughs> I appreciate everything and now I will rest in peace <laughs> and he gets down to do that like that Undertaker like will you marry me pose that he does that for some reason looks really badass but he's like yeah. he does that and then all of a sudden you just hear woo and then I'm like, what the fuck? They brought Paul Bear back? And standing, like, floating over the ring is just... Yeah. He looked like he looked like a floating ghost of Paul Bearer. And he's just like... And clearly it was like they used, like, the same technology they used to bring, like, you know, like, like dead celebrities back that go on the music tours, like musicians and stuff. I don't even and, think it was that. I think it was augmented reality. I don't think there was anything in the building. Yeah. Oh, you think they just plastered a video of Paul Bearer like over? They just like edited it in because <laughs> they do that when the wrestlers enter. They have like giant yeah. augmented reality graphics that like fill up the arena. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. All, that's th- I don't that's think it was a hologram. I, I don't think that. The, I mean, there's no audience there. It's just a bunch of fucking Zordons. Well, watching. and then you, for, you forgot the best part <laughs> is at the Zordon. very end. Afterwards, they. Uh, the Paul Bear hologram comes out and he's like, Ooh! and then um, Undertaker turns to him and he goes, um, and he goes, and then he, he, he's like, he like bows to him and then he turns and he looks right at the camera, Undertaker, and like right at the camera. And then he goes, and if you miss me, you can find me on Cameo for a thousand dollars a video. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Oh that's my god! Pretty much what happened. They went right to like a commercial. 
Like <laughs> for a while, for a while, we've been discussing uh, WWE's banning of their of their talent from using thirty par- third party platforms like Cameo, where they could bring in extra revenue sources, and we suspected that this was due to WWE trying to get in on that action. Um, that seems oh, to be the case, as was revealed. Yeah, like um, they apparently rolled out their partnership last night by offering, like Sean mentioned, cameos from The Undertaker. He'll say hi to you on his phone for a cool $1,000 a pop. <laughs> Is that all? Alex, how much would you pay at most and for what wrestler would you be willing to pay the maximum amount to get like a personalized video? At most? Dead uh... or alive. Yeah, at most. What's well, your, what's I'm, your I'm cheap, for so I would say at a hundred bucks. And, <laughs> and and for who? For who? Uh the road dog. Cause like I feel like his video and cameo <laughs> would be more entertaining than other people's. Hmm. Like dude has like, I wanna tell you, you could probably get the road dog. <laughs> I I would be surprised if the road dog is over seventy dollars. I love the yes. D-O-double-G, but no way is he 100 on Cameo. I think you get about <laughs> right. 50. I think he's part of the buy one, get one, you know? Hell yeah, sure, Dave, <laughs> for your birthday in, uh, in 2017, I think I got you Luke Harper to give you a birthday message, and it was like 15 bucks, maybe 20 Nice. <laughs> it, it was confusing. It was confusing because, like, I don't even cameo like wasn't even that big of a deal at the time. Like, it wasn't like that well known. And I think Luke, Har- right. Luke Harper hadn't been on WWE TV for a while. So Ethan just shows me a, a, a sends me a text, and I'm like, okay, it's a video of Luke Harper. Um, I guess giving an interview or something. I'm like, I'll watch this, whatever. Right. And- Wait, hold on. Time out right there because I spent all this time. I'm so excited. I'm like, this is the best birthday present ever. Luke Harper giving you a personalized message. And I get it. And I had to like communicate back and forth with him and like set the whole thing up. And then I sent it to Dave. No response. Radio silence. Like two days later, he's oh, like, no. he's like, hey, bro, like, uh, when are we? What? What's your costume that we're gonna wear to camp? And I'm like, what, what about the freaking Luke Harper? It's on the phone. It's wishing you happy birthday. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Wow, that's fucked up, Dave. What's yeah. your defense? Yeah. Also, you like, my defense no, no, no. About twelve years ago, I, for three years in a row, you forgot to call me on my birthday. Also, I'm just putting that on the record. That's, Dave, that's why, a lie. Why? That's a lie. Why the, yeah, but okay, but one thing at a time. Why the no sell <laughs> on the on the personalized message? Exactly. Because it would be one thing if it wasn't personalized, and you were just like, "Oh, it's weird that Ethan sent me a a, a weird video." But if the guy was like, "Hey, Dave, it's your birthday, and I'm a famous wrestler that you definitely know, and I'm wishing you a happy birthday from your pal Ethan," and then you were like, "Eh," <laughs> no, but <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is. What I'm trying to say is, like, is you're I a terrible friend. No, you're well, right besides that. You are like the besides opposite that. of Thanksgiving. You, you are just the zero <laughs> gratitude for my love and admiration. You know what? I, I want my $20 back because I gave him a tip <laughs> because he personalized it for you and it's money not well spent. So, 
So is the opposite of Thanksgiving so, ungrateful taking? <laughs> <laughs> no, the opposite of Thanksgiving is the actual is the actual story of of the colonial Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's what I said. Ungrateful taking. <laughs> so no. So what I'm saying is like I didn't cameo like wasn't really a well known cameo wasn't like a really well known thing yet and. Ethan just sends me, I just see like a play file of Luke Harper and I, it doesn't say anything about me. It doesn't say anything. I just figure he's sending me a Luke Harper, a Luke Harper interview or a promo that I need to watch at some point and was like, Oh, that's weird. I didn't, and then forgot about it. And then he's like, did you see the Luke Harper video? I was like, why is he asking me about Luke Harper? What am I going to see in the Luke Harper? <laughs> then I pressed it, and then I got even more confused. <laughs> because then... Right, because your birthday was in August, and now it's December, so it makes zero sense to you at this point. <laughs> now, now, now he's the exalted one. I thought I was getting recruited into the Dark Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah happy birthday to me that was awesome so dave <laughs> thanks dave you uh, join no? up colt cabana <laughs> what was that sean dave there's uh there's a bunch of uh there's a bunch of crazy shit going on right now and when and and cameo to me is like the tip of the iceberg for it because the wwe has now realize that people can make money outside of WWE banking on like their fame and WWE has now fucking laid the smackdown on that and said no more we will control all things that you do on any social media platforms and now we're seeing almost immediately after that was like sort of like finalized we see oh the undertaker's now on cameo for a thousand bucks a pop so I want to know what do you guys think, um, uh, you know, and we'll start because he's the guest with Alex. What do you think of like the, of all of this of 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 WWE stepping in and and basically, I would argue taking money out of people's mouths. Um, and then also, do you think that we're going to see this thousand dollar price point now across the board because WWE? Because I, I guarantee you, a lot of these people were never charging a thousand dollars maybe for certain things, but like I'm sure there were smaller entry price points. And it seems like now that WWE is involved, we're not going to see that. What what do you think, Alex? I don't know. The whole thing's insane to me that you're, they're not full-time employees. So it's odd to me that WWE is allowed to fuck with anything they do outside of the WWE when, especially when they're not even using their WWE name, they're using their own names. They're using, you know, of course, like they got a lot of people know them because of the WWE, but like you don't see uh, like Warner brothers going after like any of the actors that have done any of their movies being like, bro, you got famous doing playing Harry Potter. You know, now you you can't do these other movies. You can't, you can't start your own, you know, production group or whatever the hell you want to do because all that belongs to us, which is straight garbage because they're not full-time employees. And like, what are their, like what's, what stipulations are in their contract that somehow allowed them to like go back and 
say like, no, you guys can't do your your Twitch stream. You can't do your own, like anything outside of us to make money, which they work those people like dogs and like, you know, they definitely don't make the money they should be making. And also like, it's insane to me that they have a streaming service and they don't get like no wrestler gets any money from any of the, like the matches that are on their streaming service. Like it's the, the fact that, I don't know, like they're basically, they're all like actors, paid stuntmen and women, you know, like, and it's just, I don't know. I'm going to yeah. keep rambling, but yeah. uh, to me, it's just, well, yeah, because, it's insane that. <clears throat> well, well, no, I, I think you're right because they're, they're, they're not, they're not being treated like, the, the the WWE seems to want it both ways. They they want to treat them like independent contractors, and they and they want to build them up as if they are celebrities or actors or stuntmen. But then they don't want to allow them to do what all of those people have already done and unionize and make sure that they are protected right. and that they do have a piece of. Uh, uh, residual rights for performances. I mean, the wrestlers aren't entitled to any of that. Everything that they do is right. owned by WWE. They can replay it into perpetuity forever and never pay these people right. a dime. A- a- and you know, they've they've been very vocal about not wanting unions at all uh, and not wanting their people to unionize or even think about unionizing. Um, and and obviously, it's to continue to exert control. You know, to your point. When Marvel signs a you know six picture ten year contract with Samuel L. Jackson, and then Samuel L. Jackson gets a cool movie opportunity, he can still go to Marvel and negotiate with them and be like, "Hey, as long as we're not shooting a a, a Nick Fury scene right now, can I go make this other movie? It's not a Marvel movie, and I'm not going to go be Superman, obviously. So right. is that cool? And like they work usually work it out because there's a mutual respect there." Vince McMahon right. and the WWE as a corporation have shown that they don't have that same respect. Instead, they do treat them very much like they are underpaid employees or disrespected freelancers. Um, n- not like they are, you know, very important cogs in the machine that like wouldn't exist if they all decided to strike and actually unionize. No, I have, I have a question for Ethan exactly because uh, Zelina Vega, Thea uh, uh, Trinidad, uh, was recently fired, uh, let go from the WWE. And the official reason that was given was breach of contract due to her continuing her t- Twitch, uh, Twitch stream and her OnlyFans account. So, Ethan, right. does that beg the question, there must be something in their contract, right? Was there something in their contract? Or is that just speculation? I mean – the official reason that they gave was breach of contract in her termination. Yeah. Look, you guys have your opinions and have your feelings about this and your opinions and your feelings may be valid, but there's also the law. And what the law says is that we as human beings have the ability to freely enter into contracts with other people. And so long as what's in the contract isn't objectively illegal, uh, we can make any type of deal that we want. We can make a good deal. We can make a fair deal. We can make a reasonable deal. Or we can make a awful, awful bad deal. And the law can't save us from that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, because these wrestlers are independent contractors, 
they have the ability to sign a contract with the WWE and whatever the contract says governs. None of us have a copy of the contract and Selena Vega, anyone out there, I would love to please under a confidentiality agreement, so I don't say who you are, would love to review this contract to be able to get a better understanding of what's happening here. Because one of two things is happening. Either A, there is a contract that would somehow govern what's going on here. And it is very possible that all of these wrestlers who are creating Twitch channels or whatnot have been doing so in breach or violation of their contract. And we're looking at the WWE as a big bad monster taking money off the plate of these you know, poor wrestlers that are underpaid and don't have negotiating power. And- that may be true or it may not. It may well, be that a bunch of people have just been doing. breaching their contracts that's, that's the entire what, time and getting away with it. You know, it's But it's, that's literally what that's literally what you just described though. Everything that you just described is that is what's happening. Is they're they're taking like the opportunity to do other things to supplement income and to right. better their lives. And like again, as a company that has these employees and values them presumably, exactly. you would think that at the very least mm-hmm there would be a negotiation to be had and not a crackdown that it would be like, Oh, are you guys hurting for money? And are you needing to seek outside revenue elsewhere? Well, how can we help with that? It can't come from us. So, you know, you're fine to do this, but let's set up some parameters. That's it's not how this works in the business world. Let me. Yeah. So for example, let's say because all things can be renegotiated and contracts can be amended in my now, okay, so let's talk about how business works. So I'm a business and I have the ability to hire independent contractors to work in my business. business. And you have, a, you have a choice. You can either choose to work for my company and follow your dream of working for the biggest, coolest company in the world. Um, and if so, you have to abide by these terms. And yeah, you can negotiate, but look, I um, don't really have to listen to your negotiation. I have what you want, which is the biggest stage right. and finally making it there. And so is that reasonable? Is it fair? Does it give sure. you the, the good feels? Probably not. But at the end of the day, that is what it is. And so sure. now one thing that's yeah, really but, okay, important- Okay, but hold on, and- stop. Because I, I, while, I, oh, while, while I appreciate your explaining of what a business is to me- like I don't, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that like business practices can and have in the past been proven to be wrong business practices, and then laws are created and things are changed. Unions are formed, or yeah. there is reform on a government on a governmental level, and like things are put in place to make sure that those bad and poor business practices aren't continued to be done. So this whole like defense of like, oh, so here's what a business is, and like that's just how it works, like. But that's that's not reality. That isn't like you you like that that is how like is progress happens at all. There's so is yeah, but that's there's a difference because you've got there no one's hands were tied here. No one was forced to go ahead and make this deal. Look, if I run a company, okay, and I'm even hiring independent contractors, it's very common that I can include non-compete clauses saying that while you work for me, you can't compete with me by working for another company. And you might say, well, look, you're right, not getting right. paid enough and this person needs to feed their kids and so they they have to go work somewhere else. But yeah, but this is a contract. This is a deal. 
And, and we both made this deal freely. Now, one thing that's really important to look at here is that we're looking at this particular issue as it's currently playing out, which is like WWE seems like the big bad wolf and these guys are on Twitch going ahead and doing this. But about mm, a year ago, once AEW came up and there was real competition signing people, the wrestlers kind of sat there and crossed their arms and said, look, I'm going to go leave and go to the competitor unless you way overpay me. And wrestlers were getting paid money hand over fist. Mid-card wrestlers, low-card wrestlers to stay with the WWE were getting paid way higher than their value. So they wouldn't jump ship and go to a competitor. And so one, like when we look at these and then things. They all got, and then they all got laid off in June. Then they all got laid <laughs> off in June. Yeah. yeah. Well, they should have negotiated a better contract. Yeah. And, yeah I, but I think <laughs> – Right. Yeah, and also I think that that just proves. I mean, if if WWE was willing to fork over money to keep them away from a competitor, then it disproves the idea that like nobody tied their hands to get them to sign up with WWE in the first place. Because the reality of the market and where the jobs are and where the place to work is to further your career the best is at the time it was only WWE. That was the only place that you could go other than traveling to another country or going with a smaller company that was less well-known and gave you less exposure. So like, again, you know, it's, it's a, it's your, you know, I guess you're coding the world one way and I'm, I'm looking at it another way, but it's like, you know, to, to black and white be able to say like, well, there, nobody tied their hands. It's like, that's not true. The, the market did like WWE did when it gobbled up all of the competition and became yeah. the only wrestling organization. Cause AEW's like, only been around they, a year. They paid them more. They, they, so you're saying that WWE is bad because they paid their employees like a lot of money. They paid them, they paid them a lot of no, money. That's not what I'm saying that's at all. Bad. When did I say I mean, that? They, I mean, they <laughs> they paid them more money than to like way more money to to be a part of their organization than Just anybody stay. else yeah. did. No, absolutely. Than anybody so else did, and I didn't with say- with that came these rules, these conditions, like any any job does. Yeah, look, at the sure. end of the day, but here's, that's the, not the case. Okay. here's the analysis. Here's where I think this thing needs to sit because there's two different issues here. What we really need to do is take a look at what these contracts say and see and see what, what people's rights and what their responsibilities were so that we can address this specific issue, meaning is WWE doing something wrong? Uh, legally by not allowing people like Zelina Vega and others to have a Twitch channel to make other income. Because if the contract is silent as to that and they are overstepping their boundaries and using their leverage to do so, saying we're not going to give you a push, therefore you're not going to sell merch and they're they're acting outside of the contract to be able to do so, well, that's one thing. But if the contract does say that people can't do these things and they're doing them, I'm on WWE's side for this specific issue. You, Sean, are kind of looking at this from a more public policy and societal standpoint to say, look, perhaps these these things should change. Perhaps like minimum wage should increase over time because things are fair. And that's an okay argument to have, uh, especially as something like this is continuing to develop. But I think that until we know what the law is, it's hard for at least me and for my own opinion, which was what was asked, hey, Ethan, what do you think? As you know, the only lawyer on the podcast, I start there. I start with what's the contract? And then I look later and say, let's look at this thing in the big picture and say, maybe things should be changed in the future. But as to their current behavior, if the contract says they can, they can 
hire somebody for doing it, then, then good for them because they almost have to set an example saying we're going to enforce this thing and or else people are just going to continue to keep doing what it was that they were doing, which was maybe right. the contract. Yeah, that's fair. And That's I fair. Think, and and I, think, I and I do think that I was conflating. I mean, look, I, I look, yes, from a purely this particular issue perspective, absolutely it boils down to what are their whether or not it's illegal what they're doing boils down to what the contracts say. Beyond that, this conversation has stirred up a larger conversation and 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 Dave, I'm sure you can talk about some of like the reach out that they've gotten even from like the head of like the screen actors guild union president has started reaching out publicly to wrestlers to say, Hey, we're with you. If this is a direction that you want to go, because the conversation has definitely turned to why don't we unionize? Why don't we have someone there to protect us and make sure that the contracts we're getting into, because this would never, they're essentially, we've talked about this too. They're essentially performers this would never fly for any performer under yeah. the sun, except for a non-union one. And they get taken advantage of all the time. And there's countless stories from hundreds and millions of performers who have gotten taken advantage of pre-being able to join a union. Um, so, yeah, this, so yeah, I, I, I hear you, Ethan. I, but yeah, I think it's two issues. What, what, what do you have on that, Dean? I think that this could, in some ways, maybe be like the the drop of water that breaks the dam um because the zelita vega like basically the way it worked out is she was um notified i guess she she was notified that she was going to be released and it was due to breach of contract she tweeted out i support unions in all caps and then wwe announced 10 minutes later that she was fired uh that she was released um and that seemed the apparent um, chain of events there really got a lot of attention. Like you said, the uh, the SAG uh, president who president who um, I know her as Andrea Zuckerman from <laughs> not Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero, but I'm glad to hear that she's still do up. You know, do it fighting the good fight. Um, she tweeted back to to Vega. Thanks for standing strong for labor solidarity. I support you. Please email me. And even um, presidential candidate wow. Andrew Yang weighed in on the topic. He's been tweeting about it a lot. Um, he he was on. He seems to be taking it seriously. He was. He's been tweeting about it. He was on Chris Jericho's uh, podcast talking about it. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting. But I will say this because we mentioned AEW before and how having a competitor in the market raised some of the price, the wages for the workers. But those looking to unionize um, in AEW, like they they ain't unionizing either. Cody Cody Rhodes, as we know, is an executive vice president there, and announced he's an aspiring governor of Georgia. Apparently, um, he <laughs> said a union and wrestling would destroy wrestling. Like that's a direct quote. Um, he starts off with that, and then goes into an impressively politician esque justification using just bullshit jargon for his position um, and not make him sound like the evil WWE. Um, I can read it to you, but like I said, it's jargon. Right. Um, so, uh, so and Alex, are yeah. you pro union? Are you, are you pro union? Just like from a, a personal standpoint, do you, do you think unions are good, bad? Do you have like, and do you think that wrestling oh, no, would, 100%. as, as Cody Rhodes said, do you think 
do you think wrestling would be destroyed? I think so. I'm definitely pro union because I think workers need to be protected. I mean, you have like it, like we're Screen Actors Guild. Uh, like I know, you, like with any unions, people have to pay dues and stuff like that, and you know. But like at the end of the day, they are protected. They have uh, health care and other things that also fall under that. But I, will it destroy wrestling? No, it'll destroy the way, especially companies like WWE. And I'm not 100% sure how AEW does business. I've heard Tony Khan talk about how he treats his the AEW talent as well as they treat as like the Raven players, like they get those kind of contracts, like they pay for early, especially when pre COVID world, they were paying for their travel and taking care of them, which the Jaguars, I've heard plenty the of the wrestlers yeah. talk about. And they've, they've talked about uh, being taken care of in that way. Uh, but I feel like, again, like I said, I feel like the way a, if things do get unionized, WWE is going to have, be vastly different like the way i don't think they're going to be able to do house shows every day like again this is after covid so let's just pretend covid's not a thing if this unionization happens i feel like a lot of like could you imagine wrestling six days a week and then you know not having your travel paid for and you figure out all that stuff like how does that company that big not have that those people doing that for that You know, like that's just you know, you don't want to do drugs anymore <laughs> or steroids. Come on, but uh, but yeah, like I just feel like, especially not just the top people will be taken care of, like they do at a uh, WWE, but like all the the lower level talent because they'll all be you know kind of on the same same playing field. You know, you have like your character actor versus like the the main actor, like in a movie they both get the same protection, you know, like to me, that's, that's where, the, where yeah. Yeah. that should yeah. go. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and, and let's be honest when, when Cody Rhodes or even Vince McMahon or whoever says that unionizing will destroy wrestling, what they're really talking about is the bottom line because ultimately 100%. it will drastically and dynamically change the way they have to pay, which means it's going to change how much money they're making on the, on the, on the top. And, and that's the fear. That is what everyone is always afraid of when people threaten to unionize is that they won't be able to take advantage of them. And, exactly. and in my opinion, fear of unionization is in its own way, admission of, Oh, well, yeah, that's going to make it harder for us to benefit off of, underpaying and taking advantage of these people that it's are employing. It's not that um, unionization would destroy wrestling. It's that unionization would destroy the current business model that they're profiting off of. But it doesn't mean like, like the same way that when the music industry all went digital instead of physical, like it didn't end the music industry. It just changed the business model that the way they made music. Right. uh, When they adjusted streaming and it would have to go through a total, a total change like that. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that for Tony Khan, for Tony Khan to say, I treat him as good as what we play, uh, our, treat as our NFL players is not the best comparison when owners can cut NFL players at any time. Um, their contracts are not guaranteed. They're right. known to fight, you know, like provisions that are good for their health. I mean, like the cons, they get away with being the golden boys of, 
of uh, the the wrestling community right now by the wrestling press, but like Shad Khan busted unions has busted unions. Like they don't they don't want a union any more than the WWE does. Yeah, um, I mean they're billionaires for a reason. Like people don't become billionaires by like yeah. being pro union. Like that's just not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's to, you know, n- not to like, yeah. that is to Ethan's credit. That is what Ethan is essentially saying, which is like, it, it is not in their best interest as a business entity. It is not in their best interest to do any of this or to recognize any of anyone's feelings or anything like that. And, and I think that is true and fair from a standpoint of a business entity, which isn't a living thing and isn't a real thing. It's just a business and it exists only on the paper that it's, you know, that it's contracts and right. it's, and it's laws and shit are printed on. It's in the and, spreadsheets. Business exists you know, in the spreadsheets. And, and it's like, and it's like, and that is why I think, you know, people have to come together and, and when a business is taking a clear advantage of its employees, it's, you know, have to support its employees if they decide, okay, now might be the time to do things differently. Um, so, and, right. and it's, it's oh, just, yeah. it's a lot to get into. Um, but on that note, we'll, we'll leave that to soak, uh, for everybody. And, uh, I want to quickly ask Dave what t-shirt he's wearing this week for his vintage shirt of the week. Dave, what you got on there? It looks like, uh, I see, I see Goldberg and well, what else? Goldberg. You know, speaking of, Speaking of competitors to WWE that um, offered uh, competition that allowed the development of wrestlers to start getting um, guaranteed contracts and things like that, I am wearing a WCW t-shirt. Of course, they went out of business for doing things like that. But yeah, it's a classic WCW. We've got we've got Booker T. We've got Diamond Dallas Page. We've got it's a lot of legends. We've got Chris Jericho, Goldberg, Raven. Perry Saturn and uh, family killer Chris Benoit. That's a little wow. awkward. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I, here's what I say. I say, I say, take Chris Benoit off that shirt because he's a piece of shit, and add Alex Teston to it because he's a true fucking legend. Let's yeah. give it up for fucking Alex Teston. Yeah. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, dude. So, uh, do you have anything that you do you have anywhere people can find your shit? Do you want to talk a little bit? Uh, where can people maybe watch your? You've got that awesome fucking comic store video. Can people see that? The the with all the villains and shit. Oh yeah, check out. Uh, well, you can find me anywhere. At, like, just look up literally comic book Alex on uh, any social media, and you'll find me. And then uh, if you want to look up, uh, go on YouTube. Look up Welcome to Tates. Uh, it's a show that my friends yes. and I put together, wrote, directed some of the episodes, and acted, air quotes, acted in them as well. So it was a lot of fun to do. But yeah, check it out. It's a fun show. That's awesome. I love Tate's. It's such a good comic store. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dean uh, Kutcher, where can people find you when they need to when they need to tell you to to turn the gain down on your microphone, or if they want to ask you where you got the shirt, or if they want to ask you how you're feeling these days? Don't turn me down to the mic. Turn me up. Uh. Uh. Um, yeah. No. You can find me on um, Instagram at Dave That's D A V E. Period. K-U-S-H. And on Twitter, you can find me at just Dave Cush. 
D-A-V-E-K-U-S-H, still. Yeah, and then uh, Ethan, if people want to reach out to the show, uh, where can they follow the show and find us on social media, which coincidentally enough is also run by Dave? <laughs> it is. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at Wrestling With Friends. You can find us on Twitter at WWF Podcast. Or if you're really cool, like Alex, you will join us on Facebook in the Wrestling With Friends yep, Facebook yep. group. <laughs> I'll tell you uh, that, group, right. that group's popping off it's my favorite wrestling group every wrestling group I've ever been in on Facebook because I've joined them for like just to learn about the, the what's out there it's like the worst thing ever it's yeah. like it's terrible it's like it's, turn it's sandwiches like, like how do these people even type yeah it's turn sandwiches exactly <laughs> so this is the most fun this is the best best wrestling pot, uh, group in on Facebook yeah, sure. and 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 if you can't, if for some reason you you don't want to join us on social anywhere, but you do listen to the show, please make sure that you go onto Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe and leave a review because it helps other people find the show and maybe tell a couple of friends and help more people find the show because if you're having fun, that means someone else would also have fun and that would be great. Uh, I'm Sean. Yes. You can find me at Sean Writes on Twitter, and that's the only place that I am on the internet. Uh, except on Reddit, but I'll never tell you what my Reddit name is, and you'll never find me there. Uh, it's Kevin Dunstock. It's not. Not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and Dave. On that note, sing the song and take us the fuck out of here. Yeah, but goods are wrestling. Yeah, wrestling fans. Yeah, who we rip there with? Wrestling fans. Yeah, this doesn't get any better. Yeah, some friends, yeah. Uh, that's the end of the song, and I'm cutting this out. Open up the cup, open up the cup. This podcast is a Mobius strip nightmare, and I love it. Wear a hat. <laughs>